Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hello, my beautiful friends. In today's episode, I have the amazing Demona Hoffman here with me to talk all about love and dating. I'm super excited for this because Demona is literally the go-to dating coach. She is a dating coach and TV personality, actually, who starred in A&E Network series, Black Love and A Question of Love. Demona is also the dating expert on the Drew Barrymore show, so make sure you check her out on there. She just also hosted an episode of NPR's Life Kit podcast and is the new spokesperson for OKCupid. Demona is a contributor on CNN Headline News and BET.com, as well as the Washington Post, LA Times, and Match Dating App, and much, much more. Her advice has been featured in hundreds of publications, podcasts, TV shows, and she was the subject of an Oprah O Magazine cover story in 2019. She hosts the Dates and Mates show, as well as the I Make a Living podcast. And let me just tell you, Demona is filled with so much magic and value and gold on how to call in your person, how to call in love and an amazing relationship, especially during this crazy, interesting time that we're going through. And her advice is pure, pure gold. So if you are looking for love and calling in your king or queen, then you definitely want to tune into this episode and hear what Demona has to share. And as always, when you listen, make sure that you tag me on Instagram so that I know when you're listening, tell me what you get out of this episode. I love hearing from you. And if you are loving the podcast, make sure you leave some love on iTunes by leaving a review. All right. So without further ado, let's welcome Demona onto the show. Hello, Demona. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and talk all things love and relationships and dating. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) So I... I love the work that you're doing. I, I just told you before we recorded that I checked out a lot more of in depth of the 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 love and dating stuff that you've been doing. And I am curious what led you on the path to doing this type of work and really helping people find their match and get out in the dating scene and work through, I guess, whatever shit is in the way of them attracting <laughs> the love that they want. <laughs> Um, I can do this now because I have been on the other side and mm-hmm. I have uh, I have done it the wrong way <laughs> and found a method that worked for me. So I, I never set out to be a dating coach, but I found that um, when I started, I, I was a really early adopter of online dating and I ended up meeting my husband online and then people were like, 
well, I tried online dating, but it didn't really work for me. So I started using these techniques that I actually developed as a casting director. I would teach classes for actors and how to market themselves and have headshots that would really stand out to someone like me and how to tell their story. And I realized a similarity between the headshot and the dating profile photo. And so once I used those same techniques that I developed in my other profession and applied them to dating, it started working for friends and relatives and friends of friends and then clients. And I realized that there was a method to this madness and this thing that seemed completely out of my control when I was single is, was actually something that I could teach people how to get better at. That's awesome. And you also infuse your psychic gifts as well when you're helping people with the online coaching or with the online dating. Or how well, does that I'd come say into play? Is I think it's all a blend of it, it's, it's a little bit of chicken chicken versus egg. Like, it, do you manifest it or do you see it? <laughs> I use a lot of visualization techniques. I use a lot of my work. I've I've been involved in the spiritual community since literally I was 12 years old. My sister gave me my first deck of tarot cards and I never thought of myself as a psychic medium. It wasn't until actually just a few years ago, maybe four years ago, I was working. Um, I also have worked in television this whole time while I was building my dating coaching practice. And I was working on a show with uh, the medium James Van Prague, really talented, um, gifted psychic medium. And he was using all these terms that I was like, wait, I don't really actually know what that means. So maybe I should get educated and figure this out um, on a deeper level just, under, just to understand what James is doing when he, when he reads for someone. And I found a class. And once I got into the class, I realized that all of these, the little voices that were in my head that I thought were just like <laughs> chatter actually connected with something. And it was something that I actually could use as a powerful tool, both in my life and, and in teaching my clients how to tap into their own intuition and psychic gifts to be able to steer their path. So I ended up getting certified um, as a psychic medium like three years ago, but it's not, it's not something that um, I feel called to do as my profession. It's something that I really uh, feel like is a key part and a key difference in my dating coaching program that if mm -hmm. I can teach people with whatever language they put around it, I mean, some people would call it intuition, some people would call it psychic, some people would just call it trusting your gut. Mm -hmm. But if I could help people hear that voice inside, that I could help them move into, into the relationship that they want more easily. Mm. Beautiful. And I can definitely see how that would tie into play. I mean, for everything from like how people, like what they want and how they feel about someone to seeing red flags and listening to their gut feeling around that kind of thing and honoring that. I could see that. I mean, our intuition is like the most powerful thing ever. Yeah. And we shut it off so often because sometimes it doesn't line up with the story that we're telling ourselves. And we're so addicted to stories. We love fairy tales. We love rom-coms and, and they've been sort of shoved down our throats since we were little, at least in my life, that, that was my experience. It's like, this is what you should want. This is what you need on paper. And then many times when we have that dissonance, when we are like, this seems like it should work, but it doesn't, 
we don't trust it and we turn away from the thing that really is the most powerful if you hear it. And for me, even as a, as a psychic, the clear sentience I feel is the most powerful tool. And, and to me, feeling. it informs. That's the feeling. That informs everything else. So I might like see a picture of something, but I don't know how to interpret it until I check in and go, well, how does it feel? Does it feel like this is close or does it feel like this is far away? Does it feel like this is right? And I'll even help my clients when they're swiping on dating apps. <laughs> I'm like, you need to swipe with spirit, like check in. How does that person's profile feel to you? Do they seem like a good person? And like, don't go based on, like we've even done exercises in, in my, my group classes where I'll show them pictures of different people and have them tell me what impression that they're getting and try and really drop into the, the psychic side of it. And inevitably we're looking at all the other information in the photo, like, oh, well, you know, he's, uh, he's wearing a tight t-shirt. So he must be like, really aggressive and his muscles are showing. And so like, maybe he's like, not a good guy, you know? It's like, no, no, no. We're talking on a completely different level. You got to step back from that mm-hmm. and really, it like almost, almost not look at the picture, but say, see what you're feeling from the profile. Which mm-hmm. is like, ener- like the energy that you're reading. Yeah. And that's hard to do because we are in such a visual society. And that's the biggest thing that's changed since I started as a dating, an online dating coach. I started about 15 years ago doing this. Wow. And yes, dating apps are, well, dating sites are around then. There weren't even apps. But even then, like you didn't necessarily need to have your photo on your profile. You could have a profile and then it was like, okay, ask for more pics if you like what I've written. Mm. But now we've, we've kind of demanded that it all be visual. Like yeah. you just want the Instagram swipe life. Yeah. I have so many questions now. <laughs> too. <laughs> I know. For, sorry. I talked for, for a own. long time. No. So, no. I, talk, I love talking about this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I have some selfish questions too, as a single spiritual entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> They're not selfish. Um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you mainly work with people via like dating apps or do you also like, what about people who may not really want to do the dating app thing or who had, who've had bad experiences with dating apps or just swipe through a thousand pictures and just, it's a waste of time. See, now I have a lot to say. (laughs) Yeah. I have a lot to say now because one, I feel like dating apps must be a part of, I call it your dating portfolio. You, we, you can't, you just, to just completely cut off the primary way that most people make a match today is, is really blocking your blessings. If you ask me, just it, it exponentially expands the options that you have available to you. And with that expansion comes a little bit of confusion and the paradox of choice that we have to deal with when we have more options, it does require more clarity and then more process. And so what I've developed over the last 15 years is a strategy to make it so that it's not so overwhelming, it's not so frustrating, that you can understand how taking X action will get Y response. And once you kind of get into the rhythm of that and understand dating apps as a tool and as a medium, 
not as a medium, but as a medium of meeting people, it, it becomes a lot less stressful. And most of my clients then, even if they came to me saying, I hate dating apps, I'm so frustrated, they never have worked for me, they're able to find a way through. But when you think about it, like, I think we, we put a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure on the dating app to deliver when, you know, it's like if you had bad experiences meeting somebody in real life, you'd never be like, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody outside because I, I had a bad experience t- meeting somebody, sure. <laughs> you know, at a party or something. Um, and yet we put that, and it, it's not, it's not just you saying it. Like, this is something I hear on the Dates and Mates podcast every week when people write into me. They're like, well, I had this bad experience or I dated somebody for a while on a dating app, but it didn't work out. So dating apps don't work for me. And it's like, wait a minute. How do you define success? If you have met people that you were compatible with for a time and you learned something about yourself and you had a, a, an experience that expanded your worldview then that is a success to me mm-hmm. just because it didn't end up in, you know, marriage, kids, monogamy or whatever you wanted, then that, that doesn't mean that it didn't work. It just means that, that if you're still looking for that, that you might need to go at it again or come at it from a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that makes total sense. Um, changing That's what your perspective I do. around it, you know. <laughs> I just make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you so do you help people like write out their profile and everything, or like, yeah? Do you help people like write out their profile? Like, what is that like for people who are stepping back like into the game? I guess. Um. Yes, I do help people write their profile. Right now, I. I am doing more group coaching and online programs and one-on-one coaching. But when I do the one-on-one coaching program, that is all included, writing the profile and then strategy. And I have that inside of a lot of my online programs now too. I even have a profile starter kit because people are always like, Demona, I don't know how to write about myself. And nobody really knows how to write about (laughs) themselves, how to choose the right photos. So I created this free like starter kit that helps you to to tell your story because that's what really writing a profile is about it's like mm-hmm. how do you tell your story and get as much information across in the fewest number of characters possible and then which photos do i need to t- to show to support that story mm. and so i just again i just want to make it easy for people because i think we do bring a lot of emotional energy into dating and understandably, it is the most important decision you will ever make in your life, who you choose to spend your life with. It affects Mm -hmm. everything. It affects your finances, your family, your mental health and well-being, your career path, like literally every choice, every every element of your life can hinge upon this choice. Mm -hmm. So it is something that we should care about doing the right way. And yet when you think about it, it's so weird because it's something that many people leave up to chance. Mm-hmm. You know, we spend so much time calculating our career moves and like deciding like what diet we want to follow and what our fitness plan is and, and so many other things that to me are not as crucial as figuring out like 
how how you want to partner up, if you want to partner up, and then who ultimately it will be with. Mm. And I, I guess that's, I mean, obviously that's a huge part of even doing the whole dating thing is being really clear about who you even want to, like the type of person you want to go out with. And uh, I don't know, I sometimes feel like <laughs> when I am ever on the dating apps, I feel like uh, a lot of people don't write a lot of information. So if I don't know enough about them or if I don't, like if it's not like a fuck yes, I just swipe and it's, I'm a very picky swiper. <laughs> I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that is one of my least favorite parts about how dating apps have evolved. I love that dating apps are now accessible to everyone and that they're free. Like when I met my husband online, I, you know, you had, you had to commit to it. Like literally we didn't even have, when I met him, you, I'm going to blow I your mind. I want to hear the story. Well. I'm going to blow your mind. When I met him online, we did not have smartphones, okay? So to get my photo on the dating app, I had to walk my little butt to Kinko's down the street, yeah. FedEx Kinko's, before it was FedEx Kinko's, and go up to some guy that worked there. And I was like, I have no idea how to scan my photo in. I need to get this photo on my photo on this device. And I feel like maybe he knew what I was doing with it. It was like, so maybe he didn't. I just was like, so embarrassed. And you know, I'm in my early 20s. And most of my friends are not dating online. They're like going to the clubs and stuff. And I was going to the clubs too, but it wasn't, I, it's not that I wasn't meeting people. I just wasn't meeting the right kind of guys. And actually my boss at the time was going through a divorce and she had discovered dating online dating. And she was like, Oh my God, it's like a treasure trove of all these guys. And I was like, <laughs> really? Let me see. She was like dating these CEOs and like, like, Famous people. She she cleaned up. She showed me really how to do it the right way. She would line up two, three dates in a day. She had two little kids at home. She's like, I don't have time. I don't have time. So she just would line up dates and her like date day and just be like, thank you, next. Thank you, next. It was wow. amazing. It was an amazing education. But yeah, I mean, that was... When you think about that and the cost of it, I think it was maybe 20, 20 to 30 bucks a month. The barrier for entry for online dating in you know the early aughts was quite high. The barrier for entry now is almost nothing. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is the requirement? You have a phone. Actually, you don't even need a phone. You can create, I've created many profiles for clients on the computer. So wow. uh, you don't even need that. You just need basically some photos of yourself and a couple words and you're on and it's free. And now the expectation also is that all of the dating apps are free. So, mm. the, so we got what we wished for and we got all of this opportunity. We got this ease of use, but what comes with it is that things on this, things stay very surface at the beginning mm -hmm. and that it requires a little more effort to, to, pull more information out of people to find out who people really are because that all used to be done before you would even get to the website. And like the kind of applications that you used to have to fill out, I, I know a lot of people that tapped out in eHarmony because they're like, I don't have two hours to tell them everything who I am in my personality profile, right? <laughs> uh, but again, how important is it? 
if it's that important in your life, like, don't you want to put in a little bit of effort? And, you know, I work with OkCupid now as their official dating coach. And one thing I've loved about, it is pretty awesome. And I love one, I just love the inclusivity of the app and I'm not here to talk about OkCupid, but I, I also love that because of their matching questions, you do have a little bit more information. And I think sometimes people forget that there are like different apps out there too. And so like, you know, we'll just go back to the same app that that we have a crappy experience on and then be like, well, that's where all the singles are. <laughs> but it's a good reminder that you you have choices and there are so many more apps and options available. Yeah, I was going to ask your favorite. I'm sure obviously it's OkCupid. <laughs> well, they didn't pay me to say it today, but um, but no, that I mean, that's really why OkCupid um, has always been one that I've used for a long time with my clients. Um, I I don't I don't think it's as much about the app as it is about your personal experience with it. So mm-hmm. what I teach clients to do is to look at the dating pool. Like, do you like people who are here? Do you feel like, oh, these are interesting matches that I might actually want to go out with? Mm -hmm. Do you like the functionality? If you absolutely dread going on your app every time, it's probably not the right app for you right now. Mm. Also, the pool changes, the functionality changes from time to time on apps. So like people always want me to like prescribe, like what's the best app? I got a question from, from a uh, listener on the Dates Mates podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, I'm a woman, I'm 60 and I'm educated. And what's the best app for me? And I'm just like, I literally can't even tell you. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time you have to search because certain apps like will give you a more curated experience. You do Coffee Meets Bagel, you're getting one match a day. You're not overwhelmed. But then for me, like, I like to have options. I loved the man shopping element of it. Like, look mm-hmm. at all these choices I have. I would do better on an app that has a lot of functionality for for searching and um, like even, you know, you can keyword search. You, you can keyword search on match. You can you can search by the questions on OkCupid. Like those are tools that I would actually use. If they're not tools that you would use, they could be very overwhelming. So mm-hmm. it's about finding the right app for you at that time. And then always you're going to get like the, when you first sign up for an app, you're going to get the influx. You're new. So you're being pushed out in the algorithm to all of the people you're going to get. You're going to, especially a someone as beautiful as you, you're going to get a ton of messages right up front. And then it's going to be very overwhelming. You'll have to sort through them. But then inevitably, once you're not new, about four to six weeks in, there's always a lull. And I always tell my clients, this is going to happen. And then it happens and they're like panicking. What happened to all the matches? Well, you're not new anymore. They've seen you. You've either passed or said yes to them. And Mm -hmm. now you're in the next phase. So I really encourage people to kind of stick past that that four to six week window. But that would be a good time to then rotate a second app in. Mm -hmm. And I really do not have like my clients to be on more than two apps at a time, because then you're not really present and focused on the interactions that you're having. Mm. That I, I just love how you break, broke it all down with the different, the different options and the different apps. Cause it, it definitely can get overwhelming for some, like, especially if they're new to it. So you met your husband on the dating app. 
Old school girl. Old the school. old school dating app. <laughs> Not even around anymore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, when you, st- when you t- coach people with like how to start talking to the people on the dating or when, the- when they're getting to know someone, what is that like? Or, and how does that like? Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's actually one of my favorite phases. It's funny because when I started doing this, I used to say texting is for information and not conversation. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that. And yet I would try to, I, I didn't embrace the text phase as a, an official phase of dating. And mm-hmm. over the years I've had to, like a lot of my work has transitioned into teaching people how to master that phase. Because if you can't text effectively and like get your personality across and then drive towards the date, that's, that's a big thing. Like we get stuck in the texting trap and then we're just sending messages back and forth and congratulations, you have another pen pal when you really want <laughs> to have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So I really have had to focus on how to navigate people through that phase mm-hmm. quickly revealing just enough information to get to the date and not so much information that you make people not want the date or you get stuck in only being online. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually have found that it can be a lot of fun because that's, that's where a lot of the magic is happening. Like that flirtation that you used to experience when you would like see somebody across the bar. Remember when we used to go places? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you like make eye contact with someone and you're like, wait a minute. Is he looking at me? He's looking at me, right? Oh my gosh. Wait, do I look away? What do I do? Remember like the butterfly yeah, feelings you yeah. used to get from that? You can recreate that in the texting experience as, as long as you have the right framework for yourself. And as long as you are yourself. <laughs> really great point. Um, and that's really the foundation of everything yeah. that I do the first phase of my online program is all mindset, which I think is twofold. It's one, what are you bringing into into this new relationship that you're going to embark on? Like what beliefs do you have about yourself, about past relationships, about what you want? And then also what are you looking for? And so we get clear on those things. And then when you can really move from a place of authenticity and conviction and who you are and what you want, you don't second guess. Mm-hmm. You don't second guess like, should I say that? Should I not say that? Is it? Is this going to, am I going to be too much? Mm. Should I reveal that I'm really looking for a relationship? Because what if that's too much and he runs away? Yeah, I've had uh, feelings of that in the past before for sure. And uh, I think that I, I love how you open it up with the mindset and the working through old past stuff because you could bring that shit into future relationships or it can really sabotage people's efforts of really calling in what they want. You, you certainly will. You will bring it with you. Yeah. If you don't, <laughs> you don't clear out the, the bag, the baggage from one trip, you will bring it, bring whatever, the, the dirty underwear and the, <laughs> the, the, the shoes that don't fit. You'll bring them all with you to the next trip and the next relationship. So we have to just unpack that stuff. We have to unpack it and look at it. And it's like, everyone has stuff. Everyone has, everyone has limiting beliefs. Everyone has 
past relationships that have shaped us. And it's just a matter of like, how, how do you, how have you sorted that stuff? And what are you allowing it to tell you about your worthiness in a relationship, about where you think the relationship will be headed? Mm-hmm. So many times I, people, I see people sabotage relationships because of the stories they have in their head of how it went the last time. Mm-hmm. Rather than being in the moment, and this is another thing that I've really cultivated through my psychic mediumship studies is like, really listening and really being present right here. Because if you're not present, like with psychic and mediumship, you're going to miss the message. You're going to miss it. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to like grab that picture or that thought or that word. And so that, and we can do it through through meditation. We can do it through, I use a lot of different tools. I even use improv Mm. coaching with my clients to teach them how to really be in the moment and listening and responding authentically in the now because we're so often in the past Mm -hmm. or we're projecting to the future, but not spending enough time right, right here where we are. And so you will use your psychic abilities to help them do that and unpack what it is, is in the way. I use the tools I've gained in my psychic mediumship studies to, to be able to, to um, step into that same state, Mm. that same state of awareness and being on the date. Got it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Do you have, I'm sure you've worked with so many different people with so many different scenarios. Um, Have you had people who have like attracted similar people or were afraid they were going to attract similar people that are from the past? Like how would you go about helping people break patterns like that where it, you don't, they don't even know that it's happening and they're just attracted to X, Y, Z. That you nailed it. We, we look at patterns. So when somebody says to me, I, I, I don't use dating apps because they never work or I always meet bad guys or whatever the story is you tell yourself. We, we pick that apart and we say, what is the similarity here? Like sometimes we don't realize it because it comes in a different package and we're Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) and then all of a sudden, you know, three months in, we're realizing that we're replaying the same story just, you know, with a different cover on the book. And I slow that down with my clients and I say, let's look at the similarities. Let's, let's li- literally look at those moments when you saw, when you had that same feeling again of how you felt with your ex, what was happening with this new person that made you feel that feeling again? And mm-hmm. so when we start then, and then usually going back to intuition, They felt it again. They didn't listen to it. They pushed through it. And then they found themselves in the same situation. Mm. So what I'm training people to do is to become aware of the pattern. Got it. And then, and then we do this, you know, even with like limiting beliefs that you have, like I, I, I always meet unavailable men. And then of course, law of attraction, you're always meeting unavailable men. 
but we literally change that mantra in your mind and re rewire that neural pathway to be able to have a different story for ourselves so that when we feel triggered with it, instead of the old story come, coming up, the new story can, can be triggered and then can be allowed to unfold for us. Mm, that is so important, changing that inner dialogue. Yeah. And, and I like what you touched on with the, <clears throat> well, from what I was uh, sensing when you were talking about that is noticing when it comes up again, I'm assuming you were talking about like the gut feeling, the intuition of like something doesn't feel right and listening to that. It could be something doesn't feel right or even just like a familiarity. Like another exercise that I do with my clients is um, we'll even go back into memories of other relationships in our life. Like, mm -hmm. like, like I'll say, um, think of, I'm going to say the word mom. And I want you to close your eyes and feel into that relationship. And this is, again, this is something that we do in psychic mediumship training. When you're training, if, you, if you're gonna do a mediumship reading and you are needing to figure out what the relationship is between the person you're reading for and uh, the person coming through, you need to know what does mom feel like in my body? So we'll tap into that, like, feel into mom. How does mom feel for you? You know, and sometimes my clients will be like, oh, it feels really warm and loving. And sometimes they'll say, it feels really prickly and it feels really um, sad and it feels really heavy and weighted. And then we look at relationships and when is that feeling being revisited? Because we are also replaying relationships uh, throughout time, maybe throughout lifetimes. I don't really know. But we, we were replaying these experiences that we had even when we're, we're young. And they're coming back in the form of these relationships and these challenges that we're having. Mm -hmm. So if you know the feeling of, oh, this actually, this person isn't triggering me. This person is, is stepping me into that mom energy. Mm. And I'm not reacting to this that's happening in the moment. I'm actually reacting to that programming that happened all those years back when my mom made me feel that way or said that thing to me. And now that I'm aware of it, I can gain control over how I am reacting to it. And I can be brought back into the present moment instead of living in that mm. hurt, fear, anxiety from the past. Got it, got it, got it. And it's that deep. it is, it is really <laughs> deep. It's really deep. And also it's like important to have, to be able to communicate that with the person too, like that you're dating or that you're with, like yeah. to communicate things. I think a lot of people struggle with the, the depth of authentic communication that is needed for a really healthy relationship. Yeah. And what an opportunity that is when you, can be really clear with yourself and you can authentically communicate that to another person. It's, I mean, I've been married 14 years. Like it's, it's very rewarding and the growth, the personal growth is so, is so amazing when you can get there, but not everybody, I, I, 
I have to acknowledge that not everybody is safe, is a safe person for you to have that emotional journey with. Mm -hmm. So we're talking now about been there <laughs> two different phases, right? There's the getting to know you phase, but then there's like the deep relation expression of your, of yourself in a relationship and intimacy. Yeah. Like emotional intimacy. And exactly. Just, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, like in that early phase, like I, I have to remind my clients that no one is owed your story. You don't owe anyone information as you're getting to know them. You owe yourself the clarity and the authenticity, but just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you have to answer it directly. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling like you're ready to be that open, like it's safe to share that, like you want to share that. Like I had a client, I remember she went through a horrible divorce. Um, I've never met her husband, but he sounds like a great A asshole. And he... <laughs> you know, he, they had two special needs kids. He was cheating on her and she really com committed everything to her family and this relationship and was really let down. And it was raw and emotional. It took her 15 years wow. to, to be ready to date. So wow. she came to me to step into that literally after all that heartbreak and all those years. And she was on like one of her first dates and this guy was like, so why did you, your marriage break up? And she was like, well, blah, blah, blah. you know, but like all the information, like of what do they call it? Like emotional vomit. Like, yeah. like well, he Word cheated vomit, on me yeah. and this happened. Uh, and she was like, and he, it was going well. And then he didn't call again. And why? <laughs> and I had to remind her because that information was not earned. He didn't earn that information. Mm -hmm. And you can set a boundary very early on in, in a dating situation without, without being mean about it, without being like seeming like you're, you're, you're still burdened by it, but just mm -hmm. the, that turns the attention to really where it should go. I said, next time you get asked that, say, why would I be talking about my divorce and my ex when really I'm here to get to know you? Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't really want to know all that stuff anyway. Yeah. yeah. He really wants to know one, uh, are you crazy? <laughs> and two, um, how can I shortcut this and, and find out if we're going to be compatible? And unfortunately, there aren't any shortcuts in human mm -hmm. interaction. We have to go through it, but it has to, that interaction has to be spaced out and develop over time. Yeah. And to build like a little bit of trust and rapport and like, yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Completely. What about, oh, go ahead. I, trust is the foundation of any great relationship mm -hmm. and trust is not something you can fast forward through. The only way to build trust is to see how someone's actions and words align consistently over time. Mm -hmm. That's how you build trust. And it's, it's amazing to me how much trust we put in people sometimes when we first have met them. And if we just, if we just take a step back and practice what Dr. Helen Fisher calls slow love or slow dating, that like if you're not in a rush to get there, it can really develop so much more authentically and build such a stronger foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes total sense. <laughs>
Um, a lot of people do the ghosting thing in the dating phase as well on both sides. I mean, we've all been there. What is your take on like, if you, if a client of yours, like just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere or whatever, like having that conversation or just saying next, I've had to have <laughs> uncomfortable conversations because I was like tired of, I, I couldn't do the ghosting thing. Yeah. I, so I, Obviously, I believe in energetic flow and I believe in in closing the loop. I just think it's important for you to close the loop and not leave threads open, mm-hmm. both just emotionally and on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when my clients are like, oh, I'm getting ghosted all the time by these people, I ask them, how are you ghosting? Mm. They're like, of course, I would never ghost. I don't ghost. And then I'll go through their messages and I'll be like, oh, you didn't respond to this guy. You didn't respond to this. And they'll realize that they're not ghosting the people that they see as viable options, but the people that like there are human beings that they're completely dismissing because they feel overwhelmed or they don't, they just don't feel an attraction. And Sometimes we're also ghosting in other areas of our lives and we have to examine that, right? Yeah. And that's such a good way of looking at it, like energetically of like, well, where are you doing this in other areas of your life? Let's clean that up first. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times like getting one part of your emotional house in order can create order in the other areas. Mm -hmm. So we look at, we look at all of that And, you know, how you show up in your work, how you show up with your family, how you show up with your friends. And, you know, I really do encourage people to clean that up, even if it's like a pattern or a habit that you have. Um, It's really, and usually what gets my clients ghosting is they're, they don't have the words. They don't know how to close the loop and they're Mm -hmm. afraid somebody will be their feelings will be hurt or they'll be retaliated against. And I'll encourage them, just just send a message. If you've only been on one, two dates or less with somebody, you don't, you don't owe them anything, but you can be courageous enough to give them closure. Mm-hmm. You don't owe them even an explanation. And ex- a sufficient explanation is, I don't feel that it's a match, but then like send them send them some positivity. I don't think it's a match, but I, I enjoyed getting to know you. I thankful for our time together and I wish you lots of luck mm-hmm. and I hope you find what you're looking for. And that's it. And so many times my clients will have such anxiety built up over sending that message. <laughs> and then when they actually send it, they're like, wow, he said, thank you. Thank you so much for letting me know. And it's as simple as that, like seeing another Mm -hmm. human as a human, closing the loop, and that's all you have to do. Mm -hmm. And it probably feels like a huge weight is lifted after that too. For sure. I will say that ghosting is definitely down in the pandemic. It's happening less than it used to. That used to be- so interesting. Number one things. Is your experience of it different? No, I mean, it's interesting that like you've, that it's gone down so much since the, the pandemic, but it makes sense. Well, and you know, it's gone up actually. People, 
doing self personal development. Mm. A lot of people are reporting that they've spent this time gaining new skills, gaining more insight about themselves. Like, I really feel like we are leveling up. And mm. as people begin to emerge more into dating, because um, it's been happening, I'll admit like this has been one of the most challenging years for my clients. And the I used to have like super consistent results. Like I do X, I tell you do X, Y, and Z. Within three months, you're going to be in an exclusive relationship. 90% wow. of my clients. And this year has been so erratic. I've had clients that have been in really amazing, deep relationships who've progressed quickly, who've gone from not knowing each other to being engaged in less than a year. <laughs> and I That's also awesome. have people that are just like, Demona, I don't freaking know. Like I'm doing all of the things and yet like I'll, I'll have a date with this person and I feel like we've developed a rapport. And then they're just like, sorry, I decided I'm going to move to Montana. Or like, you know what? I just am not dating right now. Or I had a scare. Like I have to get tested for COVID. I have to cancel our date. And so just the behavior has been really erratic because I think we've all been really erratic and not having all of the information, not knowing how to even move through this world safely. It's completely upended dating. And so the results, you know, may vary this mm -hmm. year. And as we are stepping back out into the world as people are getting vaccinated and feeling a little bit more security of meeting people in certain places. I have clients in, in the UK and in Canada who are like, I'm still on total lockdown. Wow. So it really depends on where you are. Mm -hmm. It's like normal life here in Texas. Yeah, it's I been know. like normal. I had normal life like <laughs> way before. I'm in California. So we're just getting back to normal life. But it's different. It's so different everywhere. So again, we're going to go into this next phase where results may vary again, because people are going to be in different mindsets. They're going to have had completely different experiences over this last year. A lot of people mm -hmm. lost family members, lost jobs, lost control, lost so much that they're going to be in a different place than somebody who has continued to work from home, who wasn't as impacted by the virus, who has had, you know, a year of things being open. Mm -hmm. And we just have to allow space for that. And I, I think, you know, everybody's talking about this, like, you know, hot, hot back summer. <laughs> and I think there will be some of that, but we have to just allow for a lot of compassion and understanding this summer as well. And what fall. do you mean? What was that? We have to allow for a lot of compassion for others and how mm. they may not behave the way that we expect them to. Mm. And relationships may not progress the way that we hope. Like our, our okay, Cupid users are saying they're more interested in relationships now than they were prior to the pandemic. Mm. And yet I believe that sometimes intention doesn't always align with the action that people take. Yeah. So we just have to be willing a little bit to go for along for the ride and the ebb and flow of how different people are going to be dealing with this fear of dating again and stepping back into, um, into dating as I, I would say like as it once was, but I think it will never quite be the same again. Yeah. 
but we're going to go through a pretty radical adjustment period. So just the more, the more clarity you can step into this with about, you know, who you are and what you need, the easier it is to decide who you want to invest your time in getting to know and then how to move forward with the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, for the people that you are working with, when, when they're just stepping into all this and they're getting out there, do you usually tell them like, or invite them to go on a certain amount of dates or like set it up like that, or just go with the flow of what comes up that matches what they're looking for? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. Um, yes, I don't have any strict, like you got to do three practice dates or, <laughs> but, but, uh, I tell them to adopt an attitude of yes. Okay. You know, like, like what, what, what if, what if that person that you would, you would swipe left on, you explored what it would look like if they, if they match from what you can tell your core, your core needs. Um, I, I do have a lot of these, these discussions with clients about just, just being open, just being open to the possibility. I think that's where, where a lot of us need to be because a lot of us have been so closed yeah. for so long. I mean, when you think about it, like we were told, don't interact with strangers. Don't talk to anybody. Mm. Anyone could be a carrier. Like that's going to take some time to rewire yeah. And, um, we just have to be compassionate with ourselves as well as with other people as we move through that. Totally. This was so freaking awesome, Demona. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of this and for diving deep and, and just sharing your wisdom and your magic and your, your tips and tricks. Um, where can people find out more about you and your work and your, or your online programs and the things that you are offering to help people in their love and dating life? Everything is at datesandmates.com. That's the name of my podcast. And that's where I've been helping people for the last eight years to find, find and keep lasting love or whatever else they're looking for. Mm. And um, that's also where you can get that free profile starter kit too. If you are like, Demona, I don't know how to have a profile that works and where do I start? <laughs> that will be the first step to that and, and my other online program. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to go deep with you yeah, and talk awesome. about my favorite topic and my favorite way of, uh, of helping people move into the relationships they want. Beautiful. Thank you for doing what you're doing and, and following your passion, helping people in the way that you are. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Sweet. Well, thank you everyone listening. Make sure you check out the show notes so that you can find those links where to connect with Demona and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.